Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Clark, and I have with me again Scott Kane and Wayne Rogers. This is episode two of season four, and we've got a great season in store for you. We have a bunch of guests coming on talking about far better than focusing on fill in the blank. As I often do when I have guests on, I like to try to spend the first episode just kind of introducing the work that they do. And uh, then second episode, we kind of introduce maybe a hobby. Uh, Sometimes it'll be a sports-like. When you have six episodes with a certain group, uh, you kind of run out of things to say. So I don't know what will happen. (laughs) I don't know what will happen after. Uh, We will get through these normal introductions, introductorians, Uh, but today... I wanted to point out that both Scott and Wayne are musicians in the sense that they play instruments and uh, wanted them to talk about that a little bit. Guys, what's the band name? Uh, We've not put the band together in quite a while. Uh, We have played without a band name for a long time, though. Indeed. (laughs) Uh, Usually at lectureships or just get-togethers when we're able, but no, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Great time to relax and just uh, just enjoy the sound. Yeah. Now, what instrument specifically? I know I've seen Scott play guitar before. Uh, do you play anything else, Scott? I tinker with piano a little bit, yeah. but primarily guitar. Wayne? Primarily guitar, uh, but I play bass and any other stringed instruments as well along, alongside of that. Uh, not as well, but uh, definitely uh, like to hang in there with the guitar. Uh, but Scott, he's, he's a good one. So he's hard to catch up with. Well, I, I know I sometimes will be walking by the apartments. The time we're recording this, we, we're kind of next door neighbors, and I'll hear guitar playing, and I can usually tell if it's Scott or the boys, um, you know. So I don't know which way he'll take that, but that's meant as a compliment. <laughs> um, no, no, they both sound really good, and it's, it's neat to see that because I've never been an instrument guy. I've never took the time to learn a skill like that. So that's a – that's something that I'm envious of in the in the best Christian way possible to be envious of because that's a skill set I don't have. Well, you know, something that was really neat, when Wayne and I started playing together, his sons were just learning how to play. And over the course of just a few years, I mean, they, they just took off. And I can remember thinking, wow, man, uh, Wayne's oldest, Chris, had just advanced to a point that we were both just struggling to try to keep up with him. And now it's happening to me with my oldest. Yeah. Uh, he, he's advanced to the point that it's like, stop showing off. I mean, <laughs> yeah. stay, stay down here on second grade level. So, uh, But it's it, it's great to, to see that interest being passed on and just uh, enjoyed by the family as, as a whole. That's good. It's always good family fun to, to get together that way. And I think it's always interesting to – kind of share in that as a family i know me and my boys we enjoyed that and i see scott and his boys enjoying it too and so i think it's something that you know you get to share that you know and and you you always hope that they'll have some kind of like passion that you have as well and so music is something that's we've you know had throughout i I learned playing the guitar from my father yeah and all too so well and some people sometimes will say like you you play guitar like you don't study the bible 24 7 sometimes recreation's okay you know there's <laughs> there's not a verse that says recreation in and of itself is sinful so and like you said you're building a bond with your boys and your family and yeah. uh, i can think of the memories that that would make which is a, a blessing so uh, that's a neat fact about scott and wayne that maybe you did not know uh, if you did know that i can't help you um, so uh we are here with episode two the next podcast. that's right the next podcast we are going to tell you something we just haven't figured out what it is yet so uh this is episode two season four the past 
Um, I can tell you just as well as you probably could tell me some specific areas in your past that you can remember like it was yesterday. Um, I'm going to give just kind of a superficial one. It's not, it's not really a serious one, but I can remember in 2011 in February, the Steelers had just lost to the Packers in Super Bowl 45, and Dad was getting ready to leave for Fried Hardeman's lectureship. I was so mad at the outcome of that game that I didn't even say goodbye to Dad. And my mom was trying to get on to me, you know, say goodbye to your father. And my dad said, honey, let him, I, I've been there, it's okay. And then he left, and I remember thinking, what if he, what if he gets in a wreck? And I let this game affect me saying goodbye to my father. And it was a pretty big realization that while I was upset at the outcome, still am, didn't like it, don't like it, um, it, it doesn't change the fact that I allowed something in that moment to be a memory I look back on with a little bit of disdain of the way I handled it. And that's, like I said, a super, very superficial one. It's not a, the most important one that we could talk about. We Obviously, when we say the words, the past, most people gravitate immediately towards something really good or something really bad. And it just depends on the person. Um, in your class today, Scott, in the school, you were talking about grief. And most people that are grieving, if you talk about the past with them, it may not be a happy time in the beginning of their early stages of grief that they're going through and trying to navigate. Uh, that that may not be something that they look forward to talking about. It may be that after a few years, they look back and say, I'm still not happy with where my loved one you know, not being here, but I can look back now and reminisce and laugh and remember the good times. And so the past is is a loaded topic. I mean, it really is a... It's a firecracker. You just don't know whether it's going to be like a sparkler and it's okay or it's going to really blow up. And when we think about the past, that's our first question is remembering the past, good or bad. And I've kind of answered that a little bit, but you guys are going to answer it much better than I did. So is remembering the past good or bad? Well, it's like, like you said, it really depends much on where the focus is, but also how you use that. It's not just a matter of is the past bad. Uh all people have regret, and hopefully all people have a moment where they can remember that things were going right, and it seems like a shining moment. Uh, but am I going to let that dominate the present and the future? You consider regret. We can look back on sins. We can look back on silliness or just uh, outright foolish behavior and think, why did I act that way? Why did I do that? I can still... at at the age of 43, look back on things done when preteen years and teenage years and think, how could you be that silly? And then realize, wait, you were a teenager. Of course you were that silly. Mm -hmm. So it can be easy to be hard on ourselves looking back at the past and expecting our younger selves to know what our older selves have learned. And part of that is going to be giving ourselves a little bit of grace and maturing and not let the... Uh, not let the past become something negative, but remember that we learned from that, uh, the importance of learning from mistakes. Right. I believe you can see that with with several examples in Scripture, Paul in particular. You know, we, um, we talk about God saying their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more, and indeed that's the promise he made through Jeremiah, uh, repeated in Hebrews 10. 
Paul, uh, God promises not to remember sins and iniquities no more, but by inspiration, he had Paul remember the life that Paul had lived when he was persecuting the church. I don't think Paul looked back on that and said, yeah, those were the good old days. Right. But 1 Timothy 1.12 would be just one example. Philippians 3 would be another. But these occasions where Paul looked back at when he was a persecutor and injurious, he did I said, I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Well, he's able to look back at what he regrets and then acknowledge that, that that's not who I am anymore. There's change. So when it's something negative, provided that we realize the growth that's taken place, not to self-glory, but just to appreciate maturity, then it can be a great thing. But if we allow it to to dominate us, it can be a bad thing. Right. Wayne? Yeah, and I think the and, – and you covered this very well. I would just add the idea that – you know, if it's if it's something that we're looking at that I, I made mistakes, I, I messed up, then I need to learn from that. So remembering the past in that in that way is going to help me grow, or it should help me grow. Uh, if it's you know, if if I'm remembering the past and I'm trying to relive those days and you know, kind of glory in those days in that way, that's 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 not good. That's not that's not beneficial. That's me right. still hanging on to those sins, maybe that I that I was practicing, or maybe you know, whatever that, that may be, you know, and, and so, and, and I've seen people, you know, on both sides of that, and I've, I've been there as well, where, you know, looking back and, and, you know, it's, it's one thing to, you know, to kind of poke fun of my, my former self, you know, in the way that I was living in the sense that, you know, I made some foolish, you know, judgment calls, I made some bad decisions, I, you know, I was living, you know, and doing some things that were wrong, and, you know, and, and I can, I can kind of, laugh at that a little bit because I have to right. because, you know, I have grown since then and I, and I know better. Uh, but if I'm just sitting there glorying in those things and maybe telling somebody those, those old stories in the sense that, oh, look at what, you know, how I live my life and do those things, you know, that, that's not good. And so remembering the past and that, that's not, that's not a good way to remember the past. And remembering it, if you're, if you're not growing from your past toward the future, then there's something wrong. Yeah, we all have stuff that inevitably we know what what scott mentioned about our sins are remembered no more mankind was not granted with that ability for himself to do to once he has been forgiven to hit some type of wipe button from the brain's memory to erase what has been done and i think often the most common phrase that is said in either communities in local churches maybe elders meetings, deacons meetings, whatever it might be, is I just don't know how God can forgive me for what I've done. I actually know of a situation of a, a good brother. I mean, he would would have been qualified to be a deacon. All he had to say was, let me do it, you know. But he could not get over what his past was like. And we had several conversations throughout the years, and I kept telling him, you know, well, Paul can do all that he did and, and be able to be forgiven. We know that God is not holding anything against you. And he used the phrase, basically, well, my past haunts me, and I can't get over what I did and think that I'm, a, I'm able to then step forward. It's, it's like a mental handicap for me. And so never could get him to see his true potential while I was around him. Uh, one of the best prayer leaders I know, a man who can truly just get up and, I mean, he's just a great servant of God. And yet what he did is, is so harrowing to him that he just cannot move forward. And that really is, a, I think, a thing that a lot of us can relate to. We've probably, I would say the three of us have something that we would look back on and go, the most I regret 
would be fill in the blank. And the thing that I don't like knowing about me the most is this. And there's a there's a song that I've heard before where the lyrics say, what if everyone saw, what if everyone knew, would they like what they saw or would they hate me too? And the lyrics behind that are coming from a perspective of an individual who feels this deep sense of disdain for himself. And he's saying, if everyone knew me like I know myself, would they like it? Or would they be like I am and they would not like me? And I think there's a real danger when we talk about that because obviously we don't want that to be our story. But is it not just understandable, but should the past truly haunt us? That's the next question. Should it haunt us? It often does, you know, um, especially maybe early on. We think about maybe a new Christian. You know, there's there's much— uh, that they're overcoming, mm-hmm. that they're growing, that they're coming out of, that they're growing into a new role as a Christian, and they're still learning. And part of that learning process is also learning that forgiveness is, in fact, you know, ha- has been offered. We have assurance, and we need to have confidence in that. Of course, First John is a superb letter for teaching that that very fact that we have that confidence. We can know that we know that we know. You know, it's it's throughout that letter. But the, the idea that, that I, I'm to be growing in that is going to help me in overcoming that haunting past. And I think about Paul. I think about, you know, the, what Scott had mentioned about it, you know, uh, and I've got First Timothy 1 as well on my mind when I think about Paul being the chief of sinners. Right. You know, he referred to himself in that fashion. He understood his past and, where, you know, what had happened in the past, what he had accomplished, the persecuting of the church, the killing of Christians, the, uh, the, the way that he went about that directly going against Jesus, you know, and, and the idea that, uh, that he had to grow through that process. Well, Paul says in Philippians 3, you know, all, all those, those things that were good in my past and certainly those things which led me to do those things that are bad in my past— I've had to give up, right? and I've had to keep moving forward, pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, verse 14 of that chapter. But that whole idea, it wasn't, he says, I'm not there yet. I'm working on that. It's, it's a process. And so the past can be haunting, but if we are learning those lessons and we are purposefully growing in our faith and growing toward God, then we begin to have that confident assurance mm-hmm. that I'm saved. And I can know that I'm saved by what is written, First John 5, verse 13, and, and I can have assurance in those things, and therefore I don't have to be haunted by my past anymore. Those things, um, you know, I, I've been forgiven. You know, and when I've had conversations before uh, about my past and, and talking maybe with my, my boys and maybe talking with others, and I say, you know, but those things, I, I've been forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and do I regret them? Yes, I still regret having made those decisions, but I have learned that I can't go back and change the past, but the past has helped me be who I am today because I've come out of that past. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a way to keep the past from haunting us. You know, when I when I hear the word haunt, the word the idea of a ghost comes to mind. Right. Or fears. Any child growing up at some point is afraid of that noise in the closet. Yeah. They're afraid of that sound under the bed. And the only way to overcome that sound is to fire a, a forty cal five rounds into the closet. Right. 
<laughs> the only way to overcome that that fear is to open the closet door mm-hmm. and realize that that which I fear is not really there. There's nothing to fear. The same thing with our past. There are times when I have to face it. Right. There are times when what haunts me the most about it is the part that I have not reconciled, the part of which I've not repented, the part that I've not taken the steps to make right. Then there are times when what haunts me the most, it's not that I've not repented of it and I've not left it behind in terms of the action, but I've not actually processed all the guilt pertaining to that behavior. And indeed, we have to face our past. That would be part of the, you might think of the benefit, but also very much a negative of the way things were under the law of Moses because every year there was a remembrance made of sin year by year continually, Hebrews 10, 1 through 4. But as the, that's the same chapter where the Hebrews writer points out that Jesus offered himself once for sins forever, mm-hmm. and now their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. By the way, the fact that God does not remember our sins does not mean that he forgets every sin that took place. Uh, a murderer's repentance does not mean that God forgets how the murder victim died. Right. Their sins and iniquities will I remember no more means he's not He's not bringing them up and attaching the burden of guilt. Mm-hmm. When we are willing to face them and then actually put them behind us, the haunting will subside. Yeah, I've heard it said before that it's like he redacts the information from my file. The information took place. It's there, but there's a black line through it that says, but we don't get to see that anymore. <laughs> it happened, and he knows, like you said, he can't do mental gymnastics to forget if he's all-knowing. But he doesn't hold it against me anymore. And I think that's something that is so telling because we look at some some of our nation craze and obsess with documentaries over the last 10 years has really become evident in a, a category of serial killers. You watch documentaries about John Wayne Gacy, Ted Bundy, uh, even Jeffrey Dahmer, who we know later in life. Uh, we, we realize what his story ended up being as a child of God from everything we know by every indication of what we have, that he even repented and became a Christian. Some correspondence between him and Brother Garland Elkins, among others. But there are these countless documentaries put together about what they did. And so their past defines them. If I say the word Ted Bundy or John Wayne Gacy and you know anything about them, you don't immediately say, you know what, I would like to name my children after them. You don't say, I think that those are the role models of our society, and we spend so much time devouring, and I don't think there's anything wrong with learning about some of the stuff that's happened in history any more than it would be wrong to live when that stuff was going on and be watching the news and hearing about it. But we hear all the time, this person did this, this person did that. And I'd like to touch with with Jeffrey Dahmer, though, because if you ask the average person that is unchurched, They've seen the documentaries. They've seen what he did, and it was bad. It's horrible. They don't know that he was forgiven. One documentary touched on the fact that later in life he found religion, basically was how they put it. And that's not a very accurate depiction of what the Bible teaches about salvation. Uh, but they, they basically use his whole past, and there's one little throwaway line, and he found religion. Now let's go back, and, and this is what happened, and then he died in prison, and all of this stuff took place. Does our past have to define us. We really need to think about what's meant by the question. Consider some biblical characters. Moses. 
defining Moses, you're going to look at him as being born and put in the river at three months old. You're going to remember him as being brought up in the household of Pharaoh's daughter. You're going to remember him killing, running to be a shepherd for 40 years. You're going to remember his past. But Moses' past back then did not define who he was at the age of 80. Right. It influenced, but it did not define. You think about David. Anytime we have any kind of conversation about David, there are two names that are prone to arise, hmm. Solomon and Bathsheba. When we talk about David, people are going to remember the sin with Bathsheba. But if that defines David, it simply serves as a defining moment in his life that was a low point, but it also gives us a point of reference to see how much he let the love of God and relationship with God change him. Same is true for people today. Yeah. Wayne you, or Scott, uh, no, you keep going, man. Oh, yeah, you look, you look back on the lives of various people, um, and yes, the past influences, the, the past impacts, but yesterday does not determine what I'm doing today. Hmm. Uh, so it does not have to define me in terms of defining who I am and what my makeup is now. It might be a part of the overall story, uh, right. the term you used earlier, but no, it does not have to define my immediate, um, my spiritual condition. It does not have to define, uh, what my future looks like. Right. And just like we mentioned a moment ago with, with the apostle Paul referring to himself as the chief of sinners, um, you have the rest of those verses, First uh, Timothy 1, verse 16 and 17, kind of gives the rest of the story. And and if you were to just look and Paul says, okay, I'm the chief of sinners, and that's the end of the story, uh, that's how it would define him. But the Bible continues on. He writes on, and he, so he acknowledged, he realized, however, for this reason, he says, I obtained mercy. He received mercy. And that in me, first, he says, Jesus Christ might show all the long-suffering to, for a pattern to those who believe on him for everlasting life. And then he praises God for that. And for him, uh, to him, the eternal king, be glory, uh, the one who is all wise. And so you think about the, the, the point in all of this is that, okay, my past is there. And I, and I can't just shuck it away as, it, as if it never happened. Mm-hmm. But this, the same situation is true for, for any of us. And we have these these individuals that we, we've mentioned, you know, Moses, David, the Apostle Paul, and others, certainly Peter, you know, um, you know Peter, you know, if, if the end of the story was the fact that he denied Jesus those three times, but that's not the end of the story. Right. You know, that was part of the story, but then we see that it goes on. So it can't be the end for us as well, and that's, that's the point in all this. We need to leave on a note of encouragement in the sense that, you know, it does not have to define us. It could, if we leave the story, let it end right there. But let God use us. Let God save us through his gospel and our obedience to it. And then let his mercy live in our lives where we want to turn around and praise him for all that he's done for us and show that same mercy to others. That's the idea. Which involves yeah. laying the old man in the grave and yeah. putting on that new go. man. And when you think about it, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least bring up one sports illustration when we talk about this. <laughs> uh, the other night, the Memphis Grizzlies were down like 21 points in a playoff game. And a bunch of people were talking about the game was over and Memphis has lost and they're probably going to be in a, a real bad shape. 
they came back and won. And nobody was really talking about what they were saying at the time they were down 21 nothing. What they said instead was this. They were down, and they came back. That's what Christianity is all about. We were down, and Jesus brought us back, and we couldn't do it without him. And so, yes, the past plays a role. The past will always be there in our minds. We can't press that button. I wish we could. Um, but in a lot of ways, what Wayne said earlier and what you've touched on a lot too, Scott, is it's important to learn from that and to learn from the mistakes and the lessons that we can benefit from in our lives by saying, that's what it was like. Here's where I am now. And so uh, good stuff, gentlemen. Thank you so much. And next week we'll be back on again for episode three, where we're going to talk about far better than focusing on death. Now, don't forget, you can check the show notes for their information as well as the network's information. We have content every day of the week, all of the different things going on. We are blessed to be able to give you some content that hopefully will help you be better in your walk with Christ. Until next week, let's please God now so our eternity is far better. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.